Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast with me, Scott Chaloner. This podcast, just like the Leaders' Council itself, is all about recognising and celebrating those people who keep this great country running. We exist to give leaders a voice outside of their own organisations and to support them in the same way that they support their staff every single day of the week. Now, if you are in a leadership position yourself and would like to have your voice heard on the national stage, then please do go to leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. Now, each week on this show, I'm joined by a different leadership figure from the world of business, education, politics, sport, or even from local communities in the aim of truly discovering who those people are that get up every morning and make this country work. Now, we get their take on the current economic and political landscape of the UK and discuss everything from taking major decisions to looking after our children and, of course, the success and the innovation that makes it all worthwhile in the end. I'm delighted to say that my guest on today's show is Kay Sanderson, owner, manager and founder of Hame for Hame, a childcare service for children aged 1 to 12 based in Scalloway, Shetland. In late 2020, amid the COVID crisis, Hame for Hame secured funding from the Scottish Government to go toward helping reduce child poverty by improving access to care for families on low incomes, with some of that money being invested into improving Hame for Hame's facilities. On top of that, it was also recognised by the Times and the Sunday Times in association with Lloyds Bank by being named a winner of the Yes Business Can Small Business of 2020 competition for having gone above and beyond during COVID-19. So without further ado, let's welcome Kay onto the programme. Uh, Kay, welcome. Hello. It's a real pleasure having you with us on the show today. Now, we'll get on to the elephant in the room in a little while, which is, of course, the COVID situation that we've been living with for the best part of the last 15 months now. But firstly, I want to talk a little bit about those accolades from last year. First and foremost, that funding boost from Holyrood, which I understand is going towards some wonderful improvements in the facilities at Hame for Hame, isn't it? Um. The funding was very welcome indeed, and I think it recognised the work we've been doing for the past 13 years. I've always been really passionate about providing flexible childcare. For me, it's really important for low-income families and for people starting their own businesses um, that they can access childcare that's affordable. And the grant really recognised the fact that we've supported those families for years, and it's actually enabled us to provide a better service and better facilities for those families attending. Um, I'd also become aware during the pandemic that the families that didn't have access to gardens, especially when all the public parks were shut, tended it to be our low-income families living in flats. Mm. So I really wanted to develop our outdoor space so it was much, much more accessible and provided a better facility for them because they didn't have that access themselves. Now, I think we should also talk a little bit about that competition win as well. Um, as I mentioned just there, Hame for Hame was a winner of the Yes Business Can Small Business of 2020 competition. And a prize for having won that was to take part in an online mentoring session with any of four business leaders. Um, has that happened yet, Kay? And have you really got anything good out of that experience? We had a wonderful singing session with a very big celebrity. Um, unfortunately, out of all the Zoom sessions that took part in the Yes Business Can, it's the only one that can't go 
public because the celebrity's mm. name is very much his brand. So he keeps a very, very tight lockdown on on his brand, which is understandable. Mm. But I got a tremendous amount of information and a lot of mentoring out of the Zoom meeting, so it was very worthwhile. It's fantastic that you've gotten so much out of that as well. And indeed, um, you started uh, Hame for Hame and went on that business journey all on your own, didn't you? Delivering a child minding service before actually incorporating it as a business in 2008. If we look yeah, back... Yeah, I think the really yeah. nice thing about the Business Award with it, it was the recognition. I think we did mm. such a tough, tough year. And the first time we went into lockdown... It didn't seem real. Nobody had experienced it before, and you were so busy trying to keep your head above water, you didn't really have time to think about the actual pandemic. You were just busy about trying to keep the business going and how you're dealing with the next set of problems. But when we went into the next lockdown after Christmas, there were a lot of cases in Shetland. Mm. And for the first time, you were really faced with that absolute fear that would today be the day, especially when we were doing the critical trial case with the very people you were dealing with, were the people who would possibly be treating the COVID patients or in contact with them. So the business world came just when everybody was feeling quite exhausted. It gave the staff a boost, the business a boost. It was well-timed. Certainly seems the case, and looking back at the last sort of 14 or 15 months by and large that we've lived with COVID now and these restrictions, would you say that that's been your greatest challenge to date as the leader of Hame for Hame, if you'd like? Oh, yeah, well, I think probably every business owner would say the same. Um, that was absolutely terrifying to go into it. You were looking at bankruptcy when the school first shot I was sitting in a building with 22 staff and four children. And you really, you just didn't know how at the end of the month you were going to be able to pay the wages, pay the rent. It was, it was really tough going. And then the, the conditions kept on changing. So from one week, you'd be allowed to parents in the building with masks on. Then you couldn't have them in the building. It just kept changing. So you were constantly... Mm having to review all your policies, all your processes, definitely the most challenging time. And in terms of the landscape now, I assume that there are still some restrictions in place on how you're operating at the minute, given that we're not quite out of the full sort of plethora of social restrictions just yet. Yeah, well, Shetland's in label zero, mm. but just this last week we've started getting cases again. So we're still in the situation where we're not allowing other adults in the building. So parents can't actually come in. Everybody's got to wear masks at the door, but we don't wear masks down the children. Um, and again, this is another reason why the grant was very welcome, trying to be outside as much as we possibly can. So we've actually got a bit of area covered over now so that we can even be out in the rain. Um, and that's really helping. So that's sort of the only conditions still applying in Shetland. I can imagine adapting to all of these sort of changes has had an impact sort of operationally for you and your staff, but also for parents as well who are actually coming and dropping their children off at the uh, the nursery. What have they made of these changes from your experience? I think everybody's found it quite difficult, especially new parents. Um, before the pandemic, we always encouraged families to come and visit. 
before they put the child there because then that puts them at ease. When they're at ease, the child's more at ease. If you've got an anxious parent trying to hand the child over at door, it can be traumatic for everybody. Mm. Um, so that's, that's been the downside of it from the parental point of view because we're really not allowed to have them in now. Um, we've been doing outdoor second in visits, um, which seems to be working a bit better. But um, from a parent point of view, that, that's been a big change. Um, from a staff point of view, it's actually been a great team building exercise. Mm. So the team that worked right through have formed an incredibly strong bond and you've really got to know people's strengths and people's weaknesses. So that actually helped a lot. Um, and I would also, to go back to the flexible childcare, I think everybody's going to be seeing a big change in people's work patterns. So a lot more people can work from home. There's going to be a lot less nine-to-five jobs. Like we've seen a huge increase in demand for care-at-home jobs, um, part-time jobs. People only needing slight childcare to give them a break because they're working from home. And I think a lot more childcare facilities will have to look at being more flexible. Yeah, it's certainly going to be a very interesting time for the childcare industry, isn't it, moving forward into the post-COVID world. And that is something I do want to discuss in a bit more detail later on. Um, Just because, first and foremost, you mentioned the staff have come together and really sort of bonded during this time of crisis and brought the best out in themselves. Um, I do want to talk about sort of their kind of mental health and well-being and within Hame for Hame at large. Keeping on top of that and sustaining that morale, has it been quite difficult during this time or have you found it more easy because of that sort of togetherness and that spirit? So in 2020, it was really easy to keep the staff morale up because we were all we were facing a challenge, but we were coping with it, and that stuff gave you the boost. And things were very regular because we were only having the critical childcare. We got into quite a good routine, and just we really formed a good team spirit. Um, so that was quite. And then, of course, we were seeing improvements the whole time in Shetland because our numbers were going down, down, down. It was great, and so you really felt quite confident. And then after Christmas. That was when the COVID cases hit again. And it was going into a second time. We were all tired. Was, I think everybody was just exhausted. So when we got the award, that lifted our spirits again. Um, it's been easy to keep the staff morale up recently because we're getting busy again. But also, they're loving all the improvements outside. Like every time they come in, there's something more happened in the outdoor area. And that's given everybody quite a good boost. Um, so, that, so that's been, and plus we got the, the national living wage, mm. um, which we've not been able to achieve before. So, so it's all been quite good, really. And just thinking about that sort of financial support you've received that's gone into the outdoor area, but also the very different sort of sets of guidance that you've received from the start of the pandemic to now. On the whole, do you feel that you've been sufficiently supported over this last year to get through this pandemic as best you can? Yes. To be honest with you, like I said, in March we were looking at bankruptcy and then thankfully Thurlow came in on the 23rd of March, which was a godsend. Um, On top of that, we were very lucky to be recognised as a pivotal industry by Highlands and Islands Enterprise. Mm. So we were awarded a pivotal enterprise grant, which really helped. 
Um, it also made me aware of the fact that for the first time I felt childcare was being recognised as something that was essential. I'd always mm. felt up to then that people just took childcare for granted. And I think the pandemic taught us that without childcare, you don't have your theatre nurses, you don't have your doctors, you don't have your firemen, you don't have your police, um, you don't have your care workers. So I think for the first time, I really felt that childcare had been recognised as being something valuable. Um, but I think really getting the critical childcare and the puddle was the two things that got us through. Mm. The extra additional grants we got were great for improving service, but they wouldn't have got us through last year. I think you make a very important point when you say about the recognition side of things because perhaps people did take an awful lot for granted pre-pandemic and now key industries like childcare, like social care, like of course healthcare as well, they've been so much more heavily recognised for their importance now by the general public as a result of the crisis. And I suppose one of the few positives to come out of this quite tragic and difficult time is that recognition for those people who are incredibly important that have been on the front line throughout? Yeah, no, I've got to agree with you, I think. And that, that helped with the staff morale as well, because I think we didn't feel valued before. And definitely the pandemic has made people recognise the job you're doing, and that really helps mm. the staff just gives you that encouragement to keep going doesn't it and when we talk about that teaching of the pandemic that you mentioned there the fact that it's taught the general public the importance of key industries I think we've all come away from the crisis having learned something haven't we for the struggles that we've had to undergo in your case Kay would you say that you have really learned something from this last 14 or 15 months yourself as well? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I became increasingly aware that the children were becoming very isolated from their, their community. So we started operating a food bank out of Hame to Hame, which was really good because we could actually get the older children involved in making up the bags, and then they could see the bags going out into the community. So for me, it taught the real importance of community. And from a business point of view, it taught me that I needed much stronger reserves. If we hadn't got furlough or critical childcare, I didn't have enough reserves in the business to get us through. So one of the important lessons I learned from a business point of view is that I needed to build up the company's reserves so that if something hit again in the future, I had something there to back me up. And taking that lesson into account, do you think that if restrictions maybe did have to come back in the winter or we were faced with a different challenge of a similar nature, that you're stronger for having gone through COVID and you're now ready for the next sort of hurdle on the track, as it were? Yeah, definitely much stronger. In fact, COVID also has given me a new business idea. So part of the other reason we won that massive amount of funding from children in Scotland is that I've got an idea now of an outdoor nursery with allotment in a social area at a housing estate just beside us. Um, so that we can get a bit inter intergenerational work going. The kids can actually see crops growing and there's an outdoor social area so if this ever happens again, 
people who don't have access to a garden mm. would have somewhere they could go. It's incredibly important, that, isn't it? Because something that has come out of the lockdown, certainly, I think, is a greater appreciation for the great outdoors and for sustainability as well. And we've seen that the majority of the great British public does now favour a green economic recovery. So I think bringing the outdoors into education and being appreciative of that time we can spend out of our houses, walking and experiencing nature we're really appreciating that so much more aren't we and we're moving toward that moving toward that sort of healthier way of living and that's hopefully something that we've learned during this time and learned to appreciate but we don't want to lose sight of as we move out of restrictions we don't just want to revert to normality and forget about all of that do we definitely in fact my next project is that i'm definitely trying to find funding for solar panels, mm. um, not just to make the whole school complex that I'm part of a greener school, but also because because of the pandemic, the amount of PPE going out of my building every week is scandalous. And it's something that we can't get rid of. It's here to stay, but the amount of plastic we throw out every week is quite, well, it's a disgrace, to be honest with you. So I'm hoping that mm. solar panels will just Yeah, that is a downside of the uh, the pandemic, isn't it? That sort of increased wastage from personal protective equipment, as we talked about. And that is something to keep a very close eye on as we eye up that green recovery that we've mentioned there. And you've mentioned, of course, PPE being sort of an unavoidable um, thing that's going to be here to stay. Do you think that there are one or two other measures that have come about during the lockdown period that could also stick around? So maybe sort of increased usage in remote learning resources within education especially, and also maybe sanitising stations around nurseries and other facilities as well, perhaps? Yeah, I think definitely people have learned that they can do remote learning. I also think a lot of people have discovered they can work from home. Um, I think if I was a business down south, I'd be questioning whether I'd need it the expense of an office space or if I'd actually be cheaper to just have remote workers. Um, I, I, I think the whole work pattern is going to change a lot. And as I said before, we've seen a massive increase in the number of care workers accessing our service. But care workers have very odd hours. So I think there's going to be big changes even in the, the type of work patterns that people have. I think the old nine to five work pattern isn't going to be the, the norm anymore. Mm. It may well not be anymore. I think you're absolutely right. And it's something that we are going to have to watch because it's going to be a very interesting time for industries like childcare as we get to grips with new working patterns. And now that we do sort of have that roadmap out of lockdown and there's a working vaccination programme in place, which we didn't have before, I suppose now for the first time we have a little bit of optimism that we can leave the pandemic behind decisively and then get a taste for what that post-COVID working environment is going to look like. Um, do you feel like that might be on the horizon sooner rather than later and that you're ready to sort of adapt to what the world is going to throw at you next? Um, I'd like to hope so. Um, in fact, nearly all my workforce now has had both the vaccinations. So it's been a really good rollout in Shetland. Mm. 
uh, and a very high octave, I'm glad to say. But the tourists have started to arrive, so we'll just see. And, and as I explained before, for the first time in the ages, we've had some cases recently. Um, but I'd like to think that level zero, we're now seeing a return to some normality. Yes, let's certainly hope so. And if we hope, if we sort of pretend we have a crystal ball for a moment and in an ideal world, that normality is here to stay for the longer term. As we move out of restrictions decisively and hopefully leave COVID behind, what are your hopes for Hame for Hame over the next 12 months and what are you really hoping to achieve? Um, really hope to finish our new outdoor area. We've introduced a lot of space with green vegetables, green plants. I'm really looking forward to children seeing the results of their growing. Um, looking forward to having a more resilient company because I do think we've, we've managed that through the pandemic. I think it's taught us a tremendous amount about resilience. And like I said, I'm looking forward to building up a better reserve so that if anything happens in the future, my company is able to survive. Um, apart from that, I'm about to start planning this new outdoor nursery um, in conjunction with the local housing association. So just looking at a busy year, basically. Mm. Plenty to get your teeth stuck into, uh, for sure. And I do wish you all the luck in the world, Kay, in sort of making all of these plans a reality. And I think as we start to sort of see these plans taking shape and we gain more of an understanding as to what the post-COVID world is going to look like, I'd love to welcome you back onto the show with us and just catch up on how things are going and reassess the situation that we're in at that point in time. Oh, well, thank you very much, Scott. Thank you, Kay, for your time today. I've thoroughly enjoyed welcoming you onto the programme. It's been a real eye-opener for me, and I'm sure the listeners do share that sentiment as well. And also, please do continue to take care and stay safe with everything that's still going on, because we aren't quite out of the woods with COVID yet, but I'm confident the better days are certainly ahead of us. I was speaking today to Kay Sanderson, owner of Haim Fehaim, and I hope you all thoroughly enjoyed the interview. Until next time, now that indoor hospitality has returned, I'm heading back to my usual spot in the Westminster Arms to raise a glass to outstanding leadership, and hopefully over the coming weeks we'll continue to take further strides toward normal life. Remember, please do continue to look after yourselves and be considerate of others because it makes such a difference in preserving lives. We are almost there now. Please do take care and goodbye.